Welcome back to Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. We have Eric joining us on the debrief of the season and home opener. A uh, very, very disappointing and embarrassing start to the 2023 season as we lose to the Bucks 20-7 to at home. Um, Hayes already told me that's a to seven, 20 to 17 at home. Um, Hayes already said that we are not going to have happy Hayes on this episode. Uh, I don't think even if we won 50 to three, we'd have happy Hayes, but with that being said, I think it's fair to, uh, be pretty upset and disappointed with this, uh, first game performance, but any initial thoughts from you three before we kind of get into it? It was just really sloppy, really, really sloppy. You got this, this, the offside penalties in big moments. You have the false start penalties in big moments. You have the missed throws. It's just, it was really sloppy. Yeah. Agree. I, on, I think that's on much as on coaching as it is on the play, the players in the sense of, they just they weren't ready because you didn't play them at all in the preseason. And that has a big effect on it. Yep. I I a thousand percent would agree with that. I mean, I was expecting some rust with the fact that they didn't, you know, no one really played together at like a super competitive level at all since, you know, January. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't expecting an entire game of sort of sloppy and rust played football. Um I mean, the offense looked like they degressed from last year where all of our, you know, off-season talk has been, we expect this offense to take a massive step forward with a full season with Hawkinson, uh, you know, Cousins' second year under a, a the same offensive coordinator. JJ's only getting better. Um, you upgraded with Addison from Thieland. Um you know, the expectations going into this game was that the offense was going to be dominant and the defense would be concerning. And it was the complete polar opposite. The defense was surprisingly really good. Um, and the offense was embarrassing. Yeah. Especially the red zone offense. You had a, you had an opportunity to go up uh, 14 to three in that second quarter. And uh, you, you can't capitalize first and goal from the six. You don't some just stupid play calls. You know, it always it just seems like the same red zone offense that they've had for years. Running on first down, you get stuffed. Throw some weird screen pass. The screens weren't working at all. Hawkinson almost was killed several times. Just it just was embarrassing. And and the drives where it's just punt, punt, fumble, fumble, interception, punt. It's just that just adds to the sloppiness of it all. Yeah. No, hundred percent agree. Andrew, do you want to chime in? What what were your initial takeaways or you know any any additional things that we haven't really already briefly talked about here um I mean Hayes described it pretty good but I would say yeah the offense was I mean even when you had drives you turned it over in the red zone and I mean Ed Ingram fumbled you the game multiple times he played terrible like you horrible there um and then I thought the defense did not play well in the second half I think they 
kept you in the game, but they didn't play well. Agreed. I mean, the first half was super good and super encouraging. And the offense even looked good in the first half. And then the second half, they had one drive where they actually moved the football. Otherwise, it was three and outs. I mean, you can't have four drives in the second half and do nothing with three of them. You just can't can't win on that. Plus, yeah, Hayes mentioned, I think, some of the penalties. We were, I think we had six flags for 45 yards. Just stupid stuff that cost us a lot of the game. And then, yeah, I would also agree with coaching, like, just did not feel like a well-coached game. Felt like guys were slow, or not slow, but like just playing kind of stupid. Um, you can't win a game when you turn the ball over three times. Yeah, in the first three time. three to zero turnover ratio was putrid. And I think Kurt's numbers don't look terrible, but I don't think he played as well as he should have. No, and yeah, that game. is on the line as well. Mm-hmm. Uh and. I would agree. I don't think he played as well as he should have, but I think he is one of the last people to sort of blame for today's loss in my, from, from my perspective, it's obviously way more different, different to watch a game live versus like on the TV, but Kirk from my perspective did not look bad at all. I saw very few poor throws by him. I'd say the interception that he threw could go either way. I think K, uh, it KJ, behind. it was behind. It definitely was. But KJ apparently had, you know, young, like child hands and was, it got completely ripped from him. Like, I don't know. If you're going to be a professional wide receiver, you need to have, he, he got that ball ripped from him. He put up no yeah. effort. It was behind for sure. But it, I mean, he got, destroyed by what i saw on twitter was a undrafted free agent just completely torched them and i would agree or i would say um like going away from jefferson again it it, it was like a lot of games from last year where he goes off for seven catches and 138 yards and then has one catch for 12 yards and is barely targeted in that second half was that his second half numbers he just had one reception for 12 yards yeah like you're not gonna i mean he showed it's just, it's just annoying because he shows time and time again, like, just throw it to me. Trust me, and I'll I'll make it happen. And, I mean, the lack of time Kirk had in the pocket plus just the offensive play calling in that second half was very frustrating. And that's a yeah. big reason for three and outs. Design plays to go to him, and they, they, they just don't seem to do it. They, they have their script that they seem to have to follow where it, it has to be a first down run up the middle. It has to be a, at some point Which during the drive. It has to be a screen pass to Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. But I feel that he, his final stats were like eight receptions for like thirty-eight yards. It's just that, like that's the guy who makes eighteen million. He's the highest paid tight end. That's what you're putting up. Mm-hmm. Nothing blocking wise. He put up the he put up essentially the same production that blocking tight end John Oliver put up, and he and and John Oliver had five fewer receptions. Yep. They both went for about, you know, 32, 35 receiving yards, but Hawkinson had to do that with eight catches and Oliver did it with three. Yep. Uh, and like you said, Oliver put up some nice blocks, uh, whereas like obviously Hawkinson wasn't nearly a, or isn't known for being as, you know, block effective as as Oliver. Um. Yeah, no, it was – sloppy it was embarrassing um i think yeah it, it mainly frustrating it's a game you can't lose yeah it's a game you can't lose 
And I think it's mainly frustrating is it seems like they knew we all kind of have voiced what the problems were last year and it looks no different this year. I didn't, I didn't, Andrew brought brings up a great point. I didn't know that J, uh, JJ only had one reception for 12 yards in the second half. And yeah. that is something that was an issue for weeks on weeks on weeks last year. Um, you, you pretty much completely gave up on the run game in the second half as well. I don't know the breakdown specifically, but Madison only had 11 rushes all day. And I would not be surprised if over half of those came in the first half. Yeah. Well, they, they didn't have the ball in the second half. Uh, Outside of the touchdown drive, they ran six plays for mm-hmm. six yards. That's the problem is they didn't ever touch the football that's the in the second half. The... And I think if you look at the if you just look at the st- statistics of the defense, those are statistics good enough to win most football games. You know, they gave up about 270 total yards in offense, 16 first downs, 17 points, because the first field goal was based on the first Kirk turnover. Uh, the third down percentage was like 20 something percent. Yeah, it was really bad. You know, I mean, when when it's when it's seven to three and we're looking at first and goal at the six and Tampa Bay has had a total of about 18 yards in offense and we don't get it done. But then we force them into another three and out mm-hmm. and we get the ball back. And we, just, we just crap the bed. Mm-hmm. You know, we again, we can't we can't produce after the inability to score in the red zone there. I think we had. I, I'll have to double check here, but I think four of our last five drives were three and outs. After the, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, which one? After we kicked the field. After we kicked the field. After we kicked the field goal, we went three and out right before halftime, and we went. Oh wait, I'll. I'll I'm sorry. Go ahead. I might have that wrong. But um, yeah. uh, you're close though. We after the field goal, you went three and out, then you got the ball back with a minute to go, and it looked like you were about to go up. Uh, and we threw the pick. And he threw the pick. It was yeah, it looked like you were gonna take the lead. Um 17-10, right before half, he threw the pick literally in the end zone. And then you go the nice long um touchdown drive to start the second yeah. half, and then you go six plays, six yards, 90 seconds. Well, For I mean, the rest of the game. The, yeah, after we score the touchdown to tie the game. They run 25 plays. We run six. Yep. You know, so, I mean, I could scatter shot all sorts of guys. I, you know, you were at the game Harrison, so you get a different look of it. I'm watching Jay Ward in my estimation, kind of arguing with KOC about his offside play. It's like, mm. what are you arguing about? You were offside when we, when we, the, the, the touchdown drive right before halftime, we had them at third and seven and we have an encroachment yep. to make it third and two. We're at home. Who is that? Was home. I think that was uh, Watts, Jones. was it? Patrick Jones. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, you're at home and you are committing false starts. Garrett Bradbury's what happened? How he injured his back on the second play of the game, so he's yeah. out the rest of the game. First series, um, uh, Christian Darasad dealt with an injury, so it's just but I at, believe- and at, at a it's truly the worst player in the NFL. Yep. He caused a, he caused both fumbles on, he literally knocked the ball out of Kirk's hand 
and then he was in it he was unable to block he's just he's a he's a bum and they need to figure that out yeah. He can't be the starting right guard all year. But will they? Well, I mean, you, now we're at the point, like, will no, they? they won't because, <laughs> no, they won't. They'll, they'll accept the fact that they have him at right guard. Well, and and, and you just I, – I was trying to find the stats since you were kind enough to invite me on. But if you look at turnover differential, I would imagine that when teams are a minus three, they must lose – Oh, that's all we got. 75 – I, I can share with you the time. that. I looked it up. I, it wasn't the differential, but when teams turned the ball over three or more times in 2022, they were 11 and 53. Yep. And, right. and, and five of those wins were the Kansas City Chiefs, who are, you know, Super Bowl champs, and the, and the Buffalo Bills, who are one of the best teams in the NFL. So my, taking those two out of the equation – NFL teams are five and 51 if they turn the ball over three or more times. Mm -hmm. And everybody talked in the off season about, well, they can't possibly win the close games. They can't possibly do yep. it again, but it's not so much about winning close games as it is. They were, I think plus eight in turnovers in the first 10 games last year. I mean, that it just, you Sounds can't, right. you can't do it. And yes, one is Angus fault. One is the same thing we've seen Kurt do over and over, which is hold the ball and then get hit and fumble. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the pick, it's a 50-50. I get it. I, agree. You know, I think that you could make arguments it wasn't a great throw, and you could also make arguments that I, – I, I did not think this was a great day by K.J. Osborne. No, it wasn't. That was, that was one of my points that I wanted to also make was that, you know, people were saying K.J. Osborne's your two until proven otherwise. I think week one today – Proved it. Proved it otherwise. I mean, Jordan Addison, I don't know who was on who. If, you know, the second best corner for the Bucks was on KJ, and that's why Addison was more open. But nonetheless, Addison was substantially more impactful than KJ Osborne was. Yeah. KJ Os Osborne almost dropped the only big play he had, the 19-yard the reception. It looked like he kind of, at least from my angle and on the replay, like he fumbled it or at least didn't have, like, complete solid possession on that on that reception well i would say there's three things osborne on the interception osborne on the third down play where he comes back to the ball and then is a yard short for the first down yep. osborne also coming back for the ball and on the late, the, the late kirk overthrow yep. is once again osborne coming back to the ball and you could just see it in kirk's body language like if he he, he didn't need to do that like i'm putting the ball there for him and he comes up two yards and it goes over his head KJ was a huge disappointment. Yep. Hawkinson spent the entire offseason protesting. Yep. Yep. With his weird little. So now he has reset the dynamic for tight ends in the NFL. And you made the point I wanted to make, which was, and it was a draw between him and Oliver. Yeah. As receiver. Oliver is known for not being a receiving tight end. Oliver, we we picked him up not to have him put up. 800 receiving yards, but to, to increase the, uh, you know, um, pocket or increase time for Kirk cousins and open up the run game for um, like Madison and Chandler, that was his purpose. And like you said, they, they drew. And if anything, actually, technically I'd say Oliver probably beat Hawkinson today in terms of oh, production. Yeah. Yes. Well, when you read things about Baker Mayfield, you know, I think the script on Baker Mayfield is, when you make him play organized football, he is horrendous. When you let Baker Mayfield play playground football, backyard football, he's phenomenal. 
And the second half, they let him just play 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 ground football. Yep. And I mean, I and I, you know, I guess out of frustration, I will also say all I heard about all preseason, Ivan Pace, Ivan Pace, Ivan Pace. Baker Mayfield fed him his lunch on that third down run. He sent him back about five yards. Yeah. The the biggest play. So obviously it's first game, but so far of his career, he got flattened. It was it wasn't even an, it was a horrible effort. And. Uh, with the offense, Tampa's blitzing constantly all day. Just constant blitz, yep. constant blitz. Yep. They just continue to run play-action bootlegs. That Kirk is running directly into Antoine Winfield, who's going on a safety blitz. Yep. That had to have happened five or six times. Or the TJ Hawkinson Or the TJ Hawkinson screen that gets up. blown up. Or TJ Hawkinson missing a block, because why is he out there blocking? It's just, it's the little things where it's, that's not on the players, that's on the coaching. The coaching was the majority of why they lost today. I, I agree. I make some the, changes in the middle of the game. Yep. And I think that's the final sort of, I think we've, we've covered sort of, it's nice. We're kind of flowing nicely without having to be super structured. Cause like one of the talking points I had was, you know, who in your eyes was pretty disappointing today. Um, and I think we nailed it. KJ Osborne was disappointing. TJ Hawkinson was disappointing. Ed Ingram was terrible, but nonetheless still disappointing. You know, he had flashes last year that showed like, could he be at least like, you know, uh, not horrendous. And today he was horrendous. And uh, Hayes, you kind of nailed it. The last one, I thought coaching both Kevin O'Connell, I think coaching wise, but I had also, I don't think, I, I think Brian Flores kind of got beat in the second half defensively and he didn't I switch anything. The, the difference between the two is the bucks are like, all right, the Vikings are blitzing time to beat them by, by, you know, effectively playing. Uh, yeah. Throwing screens, effectively moving the football, getting rid of the ball as quickly as we can. Whereas we're like, Oh, they're blitzing. Eventually this play action is going to work. Eventually this run's going to bust through. Eventually Hawkinson's going to break a tackle. Like we changed nothing. And they just kept doing the same thing over and over again. And the Bucks did change something. And that's, again, they, we were out coached without a doubt, which is sad to think because um, I don't even know who the Buccaneers offensive coordinator is. And we, we couldn't They're even remember who, that out who, who the Buccaneers it. head coaches either. Um, well, uh, Todd Boyles, who's the Buccaneers head coach, came into the season on the hot seat. He came into the season like he was, you know, he's, I assume he's, Still on the hot seat. It's only been one game, but the same thing. How the offense couldn't switch it up. So yeah, Brian Flores continued to send the blitz when it just was not yep. working, yep. and he continued to do that. And, and it he, also shows and this is, he plays prevent defense on the biggest play of the game, and it, and it leads to a. And even when with the touchdowns, you you drop yep. eight guys into coverage, give Baker Mayfield all time. He sucks, but he'll find a, a way through the zone. It's the same Ed Donashell crap of last year. Yeah. No, it, it showed when you did when we did not blitz, this defense is not good. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, would, uh... it showed our weaknesses with the and our and our fears with the cornerbacks that the moment you don't send someone and, and put them in a panic, uh, they're gonna get beat one on one. I would add Metellus as a guy who was disappointing today. Um Hayes wanted to punch me in the face, but some of the people on Twitter were saying part of the reason Jay Ward was in the neutral zone is because Metellus had lined up in the neutral zone and that Ward was actually less in the neutral zone than Metellus on the mm -hmm. field goal. Attempt. And I said to Hayes, 
And Andrew, maybe that explains the sideline thing where Con O'Connell's doing his thing, like positive, and Jay's kind of snapping back. And maybe Jay Warden Hayes is going to tell me, well, just because one guy does something. Now. I'm just saying, as a rookie, I think Jay Ward was trying to explain, like, coach, I was lined up like the other guy. He was in the neutral zone as well. I don't know if that's a fact or not, but there were several people who said, if you look, you can see Metellus lined up wrong as well. Special teams today was atrocious. Mm -hmm. In a big moment where you need Ryan Wright to really punt it away oh. at the end of that first half. He, it's spot. one of his worst points of his career, and they just drive right down the field. Well, and how often did we end up, you know, starting at the 10, the 15-yard line, mm -hmm. either because of where we returned the punt yeah. or a penalty on a punt return? Um, or just a crappy, yeah, a crappy kick return. I mean, there were times we stopped them with inside their own 20, and we were starting at our own 20. We were trading 60 yards on special teams. Mm -hmm. So incredibly uh, disappointing i don't did did we did we talk about any positives <laughs> no well i mean it's, it's nice to get all the negatives out like right now because you know it's always good to sort of end on an upswing um and i think you know it is the, the people that frustrate me so much are if you do lose this first game which is an embarrassing first game uh it's a should it's a it's a should have won uh, game that you didn't win. The season is far from over. It showed a lot of issues. Um, I don't think we are a great team by any means. I also don't think we're a terrible team by any means. I don't, I don't think we should now blow it up. I don't think we should completely rebuild, call it, uh, sell everyone. Like, like I hate the people who just immediately jump ship after, you know, an embarrassing first performance. Yeah, that's annoying because, but, but I, but I understand the fact of being a lot more nervous because you play Philadelphia on the road next week. Yes. You play Los Angeles the week after that. You play Kansas city two weeks after that. Yep. You have three teams against, I know some, you know, you have three teams against three of the top five quarterbacks in the league, arguably. Agreed. Um, yes. That's your defense. I thought earlier in the year, I was like, they could shoot it out with Kansas city and get a win. You know, because Kansas city's defense isn't great. Los Angeles defense, not great. They could have a shootout. The offense looked really bad today. That really hurts my confidence in being able to win a game 35, 33, mm -hmm. or something like that. It's just this is a this was the easiest game on your schedule in my eyes. You it's not last year. You don't have nine home games. You now have only six home games the rest of the season. That's crazy. Or seven home games the rest of the season, something like that. Um, so it's just in terms of who you end up playing, the the week I I I'm not going to, we'll, we'll talk about pregame for the Eagles. I don't have a lot of confidence that they'll win that game. So I think there's a good chance you head into Los Angeles in a must win game because you're 0-2. And that's not an easy team to beat. No, no. I understand the fear, but I don't think you should blow it up because there's, I just think that's stupid because you have a lot of talent. Um, but I, the, the, you know, winning 11 games now, I don't, I don't know. You might have to try to sneak in as a, a nine or 10 win team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes. Agreed. I think the fears are fair. I don't think the, the panic is at all necessary. I mean, also when you think about it, we played terrible against a probably not a very good team. It's not unforeseeable. And again, since this, since this team looks first week, very similar to last year, we, we can play really good football against really difficult teams. I mean, I keep thinking obviously of the Buffalo game, you went to Buffalo down by double digits late and you won that game. And that's a game you should not have won at all. Um, 
you know, there's there's other games too where I think we played well against uh, good teams. I'm drawing a blank at the moment, but because um, last year was just so odd. But I don't know. I think it'll be difficult to certainly beat Philadelphia in four days from now. Um, but I don't, you know, when the offense was clicking, talking about positives, when the offense was clicking, they looked unstoppable. You know, for the couple minutes that they were clicking. Yeah. I mean, you, you had, um, I'd say, you know, the, the three scoring possessions, they, they clicked super well. Um, up until the interception at the one that was taken from KJ's hands, they were looking super strong. I mean, they did all, they went from the 20 or 25 to the end, to the goal line in 45 seconds. Um, and then if they weren't clicking, they went three and out. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the breakdown. One of the fumbles was on, I think a third and long. Um, yeah. so you either scored points or threw a pick at the one or you went three and out. Yeah. The inconsistency just can't, that was all of it last year too. You're either scoring all your points in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. You got to spread it out a little bit. Now this year it was, it was the second and the third. So it's, you got to have some consistent, you have to just be consistently scoring points throughout the game. You can't have the games where you're just constantly putting up 14 points in the first quarter and then you're dead for the mm-hmm. until four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So, um, no, another positive is Jefferson. Obviously he's still the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, but you just, you just have to find ways to get him the ball consistently throughout the entire game. Two targets in the second half is unacceptable. I don't care how many plays you run, get him the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be curious to look closer at sort of the, the six plays that were called in the, in the final two series. Um, because again, I mean, it's, it's tough, it's tough to, uh, Andrew, you're going to look them up. No, but I was going to say both of them started with a second and 13 or second yep. and 14. So, and I think both of them were like blown screen plays. Yep. Well, right, right here. The, the first of the three and outs in the second half, short pass to Hawkinson for minus three, short pass to Osborne for six, incomplete pass to Osborne. The Fine. second three and out was short pass to Hawkinson for minus four. Oh, my gosh. So literally the exact same call. Yep. And then a short pass to Jefferson for seven, and then the incomplete pass to Addison, to Addison which – that was one again. Where if you want to put a little of the blame on Kirk, it's one of those where if he throws outside, he might get it. He kind of. I think my memory though, well, that was also just on that play. he missed him. Wasn't that also though just very good coverage? I'd have to go back. Yeah, it, it was very good coverage, but we also saw on the TV Jefferson was cutting inside. And he's wide open. You just he he's he's either holding onto the ball for so long, or he's just not getting the right read. And that's the thing with Cousins, where when they zoom in him on the camera, and he's like this on the bench, tapping his head, and he's all angry. He gets so sick and tired of that. I'm like, just dude, you threw for 375 yards, two touchdowns, and you turned the ball over three times. You lost to a horrible team you shouldn't have lost to. You're the quarterback. You're gonna get some blame. He, I'm adding him to the the list of of not good players. I, I think it's fair. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think he was disappointing. But again, I, I think he is very far down. Contract year? I mean, there's no, many. Very far down that list, absolutely. But in a contract year, you got to play better than that if you're wanting to get the money. Yeah, and I don't think he did. And I think he would probably agree with that. He's he's pretty good at sort of holding himself accountable. I don't think he – Oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen any of the, the 
post-game stuff from him or KOC or anyone. Um, but I would assume he's probably not satisfied with his play by any means. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He he knows when to take blame, and he knows when he doesn't play well. It still doesn't help the fact that it's – No, it helps a little bit, which that's, I guess, uh, another positive that I think is not always – um, something we should ignore, but this team does have still a very positive, healthy, like team culture. It seems like, I mean, JJ, JJ might possibly, he is on pace of being the greatest non QB football player ever, I think. And I think today is another day where he showed it. Um, and he's giving you no, uh, drama with his, with his, with, with the contract stuff, you know? That's, that's the thing I got. Like that, that shows pause. That shows like just like that. That that not having that distraction is huge. Yeah. And it's showing. TJ was a distraction, and he put up pretty sub uh, sub numbers, very below average numbers. No, I love that about Jefferson. Now he's not going to voice it, but as a fan, you have that fear of like, oh, what's he thinking in his head when he sees this and Kirk's missing these these throws? And they're not targeting him a lot. Deep down, you're like, oh, I bet he's he's like, oh, yep, uh, that's why I'm not signing this contract because you know this team is gonna go eight and nine, they'll miss the playoffs. Then you're like, crap, now you're gonna have to give them more money or whatever. So that's why I just wish they would have got a contract figured out over the weekend. They should have. Guy that's gonna request, he's not a digs, he's not gonna request request a trade or talk or sit out for his contract, but just pay him. He deserves the money. Pay him as much as he wants. There are multiple. Multiple of his receptions, I had said, just give him a, literally a blank check. Let him make it. Ideally, I would love give him a six, seven year deal. Lock him up for good. Because if this team is going to be average, at least let us enjoy the greatest wide receiver to potentially ever play the game. You know, you can fill in spots. You're not going to have Kirk. Most likely, I don't think you're going to pay Kirk the money at the end of this year, unless, like I said, he needs to go to the conference championship game and put up a good game. If you want to give them $40 million. I think um, we're all on the exact same page with that. I think that's the bare minimum. Kirk. So you're going to be paying a less expensive quarterback. You have the money to pay, you know, Darisaw and, and, and Jefferson. Those are the three guys you get to pay. Yep. So just. Yeah. Um, another positive I'd say Jordan Addison looked very good in yeah. his first NFL game. Um, yeah, Dad's looking at. Would someone disagree? Oh, I was oh. looking over. No, I agree. I, I, there's, I have nothing negative to say at all. I thought Addison. I think you or Andrew nailed it at the start of the podcast by saying if it was, is he this two? Is is yeah? He already passed Osborne. Yep, agreed. You know, and there'll be days. I get it. Osborne will have a day. He'll have a day where, like he did against the Colts, where he's going to get five or six catches and. You know, 100 yards. But no, Addison is a huge upgrade. Um, I don't think there was anything that Alexander Madison showed today. Again, I'm not going to say, oh, he's Dalvin Cook. But I don't think we're going to suffer greatly. There were a couple nice things with Chandler. That one time they threw a legitimate screen pass. Chandler did a really nice job picking up 13, 14 yards. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. I liked Oliver. Yep. Um, it's hard to tell with the offensive line, like who did well. I don't know if Shotman hurt them. I see, and I thought the fumble, the the snap fumble, was his fault, and so I was pretty livid at the moment because I'm like, yeah, that's to be expected. You bring in your backup center, and he's gonna f up the count, the the snap. 
but I, I, I didn't, I couldn't tell that uh, Ingram pretty much knocked that out of his hands. Um, it'll be, it's always fun to look at the, like the PFF grades and, you know, Twitter is a great source of seeing sort of like, yeah, the, the stuff you don't really catch looking. Um, but I know for sure, at least one of the two sacks, if not both was Ingram getting beat. Um, I think the second one was literally just extra pressure, but I know for sure one of, one of the two Ingram got his fat, stupid arse handed to him and put Kirk on the ground. I was telling Andrew Ingram literally backs up. He allows the blocker to come to him rather than go towards the, the defender. Yeah, that's and a good point. Getting in Kirk's way with that. That's why he's constantly stepping on Kirk's feet. That's why he's constantly punching the center's butt and knocking. <laughs> it's just, I can't do a, I, I did a year of fat elf line and all these other idiots. I can't do Ed Ingram. No. He, he's just a bum enormous ed that's the name <laughs> enormous ed all right thank you hayes we needed a nickname for someone as putrid as him so enormous ed works um but let's see here um hayes was the only one that got two of the three predictions we said earlier correct andrew you and i nailed the addison first career touchdown prediction um Hayes had Jay Jets going over 120 receiving yards, which he nailed. And he said the the Buccaneers would not score more than 300 uh, total yards offensively, and they were about 240. Yeah. So Hayes is in the lead through week one. We all were dead wrong in our predictions. You both, I think, predicted a two-score win, yeah. which obviously didn't happen. I Kirk needed one more tutty. If we if he got that extra tutty, I would have at least had two correct. I thought that would be a shoe in prediction. Three uh, total touchdowns for Kirk Cousins, but it was not in the red zone. I would have given him an opportunity to sneak it in or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, obviously, on we will cover. We'll have to be quick and cover. You know. Eagles pregame in a cup in about a day and a half here. Um, I, you know, what well, was 16, nothing Eagles at Foxborough. You're like, Oh my God, they're world beaters. Well, it's 16, 14 at halftime. So yeah, that's good. A little less scary yeah. than they, like, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's misery <laughs> likes company, but nobody really other than the 49ers uh, blew. No, nobody who you'd expect to blow out games. Uh, blew anyone out today, you know, uh, like 20. <laughs> Would you like to be Joe Burrows listening to uh Cincinnati post game talk radio right now? No. Yeah. And I mean, keep in mind, I know we didn't really talk much about it, but the chiefs lost to the lions at home. Yep. I know they didn't have Kelsey. I don't think they had um, whoever their, their top defensive guy is. Um, And, you know, I don't think the lions are, the the normal or the the lines that everyone knows but they still lost at home to the lions you're the defending super bowl champion uh so they lost the Bengals lost um you know the eagles are close with the patriots currently um ravens played a really crappy first half versus the tight uh the texans they ended up by like 16 or something but um yeah the jaguars barely i mean they kind of they they Pulled it together in the fourth quarter, but they were down late against the Colts at home, I believe. 
the big thing is going to see how can you play Thursday. If if you can regroup and even if you lose that game by seven, that's okay. That it's going to suck and you're going to be on two. But if you play like you did last year and you lose by like seventeen and Kirk throws three picks, it's going to mm-hmm. be like it wasn't the preseason. Now this team just sucks. It'll be awesome. concerning. This game, if we played it in the middle of the season, we're winning. I feel like there's something about it being week one. I mean, I know last year the preseason thing worked for us. I know Hayes and Dad hate that. I guess I don't really. I think don't. It yeah, plays a huge factor, but it's like yeah, Brian O'Neill kind of got torn up a couple of plays. He had a penalty, um, but he's Early also coming. Yeah, um, first game with Flores. I think I think this team played a lot worse than what they're capable of, especially the offense. And I think the turnovers played a huge factor in that as well as Great some of the positive spin on this, Andrew. Good job. Yeah. Oh, this season we're taking that game 10 out of 10 times. Also Baker Mayfield does get like kind of hard when, sorry, not to be gross. Uh, he gets turned on when like, um, when he gets a little confidence, he does it every time he gets a little scramble for two yards and his chubby ass starts getting hype. So yeah, he carried them down the stretch and I think Flores didn't really adapt to it. So no. pray that um, they turn it around and at least are competitive with the Eagles. I do think they win one of one of these next twos and one and two. Yeah, that looks ugly, but I mean, you win a couple in a row, you win some games that you don't think you will and hopefully just take care of the, bad teams that you'll play later on go into uh the chiefs game two and two and i'll be happy yeah you go into the chiefs game two and two i'll be happy and i don't i don't think this this nationwide worship of the detroit lions means they're going to win the division going 13 and four no they won't and i think i think the lions are off to the top talk but just everyone's like the lions are back well the lions were never here they've been (laughs) for decades so they do look back they've arrived they do they do look good but i i think at some point, Dan Campbell is still a, a fool, and he will make a mistake that'll cost them. And I think once they, if they have a stretch where they lose two in a row, it's going to be hard for them to hop back on. Their mm-hmm. team, those skids, you know, they started. I think I think his first like sixteen games or something these seasons, he was like one in fifteen and one or something. So it's just, yeah, I'm not the Lions yet. And how how long can the uh, hoorah rah type coach last in the NFL you know like how how long can that like fire in the belly last where you believe him like like games in a row I was gonna say that stuff works great when you're winning yep you burn your gut yeah. he's 90 ounces of cal- coffee an hour <laughs> the two yeah the two tall venties with espresso shots is what he said did you say Andrew the Arizona coach he's like you got fire in your gut oh yeah <laughs> horrible video did you did you see the the tiktok where they're like all right Mer, now we want you to address uh a nfl team and then they just cut to the obviously the cardinals new coach that looks a lot like Mer from impractical jokers very cringe it is very cringe but um okay well um you know we talked about the negatives we we focus on some positives um football season's back which is exciting thankfully hopefully you know come friday we can start feeling we can feel good again feel better i like the short week when you lose um obviously if if we lose again and it's embarrassing then we have to wait like 10 days until the next opportunity and that will that won't be fun but another positive spin we do have the twinkies still 
Yeah. If the Twinkies, though, fall apart, blow this division lead, and the Vikings start 0-3, well, then... And then we enter October and November where it gets really, really cold. That's what I said to Dad. I said the twin in about a month, the Twins will have just got swept by the Blue Jays, and the Vikings will be one and four. Uh, I said we go to Cincinnati to watch him play in December, and the Vikings are like four and eleven, and we're just pelting. You Nick, you're seeing Nick Mullins and and the Cincinnati fans are just throwing liquor bottles. Jefferson's at us for three are hours. Jefferson's gone. He's Jefferson, traded. Jefferson's Jefferson's already sitting out. Yeah, no, I don't think any of that had happened. The last time we had a four day week, we. Took care of uh, New England on Thanksgiving. So, yes, sorry. Coming off this loss than today. Yeah, I would disagree. Uh, Dallas? I'd that, say Dallas. I would say Dallas equal. was a worse loss. Equal? Yes. Okay. Getting blown out or losing to a sucky team. Yeah. Good Lord. I'd take, I take getting blown out, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know. But then people probably would really be saying, I don't know. I feel like it would give a lot less confidence in the season moving forward if we lost to the Bucks like 38 to 3 today. Well yeah. No he's so meaning- I would say right now I'll take this loss over that Cowboys loss. Yes. That's all I was saying. Get blown out by the Chiefs or or lose to the Bucks. No, I'd rather get blown out by the Chiefs. It looks better. Oh good lord. <laughs> Chiefs blow up right now. So. You put Patrick Mahomes on this team and they're in the Super Bowl. That's well, I was uh, another point I was going to say is if uh, if you didn't have J Jets, I bet you're not anywhere near this. Uh, I, I bet you get blown out today, to be honest. I think he makes your offense substantially better. Well, the second half is so frustrating. Yeah. But, all right, we'll close it out here. Solid uh, post game episode. We'll uh, we'll have something early Wednesday morning is the plan. Uh, this is Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And school likes. Yeah.